Today, we will be discussing how vulnerability is your greatest strength. Vulnerability. Vulnerability. I don't know. Sometimes I have a really bad uh, speech impediment and it really irritates me. Um, Okay, so I think vulnerability relates to growing up in a way because it's really sad because when kids come straight out the womb you know they're super hopeful and excited and happy like every single person has that child within them that still exists and has its needs right and so these children are beautiful bright lights and they are creative and happy and they're authentically themselves. And when they get a little bit older, they're conditioned by society to restrain their creative selves and sit in a class for a million hours a day. And <laughs> literally from kindergarten to senior year, that sucks. That's the majority of their life or, or their childhood what I meant to say and their creativity is kind of sucked out of them so with full force and all these worries are dumped on them all these societal norms are dumped on them all these bullshit ideas that exist within society now are dumped on them um you know, you have racism and that different classes and a battle of Republicans versus Democrats. You know, it's just this endless nightmarish set of cultural and societal standards. And so the kids don't really have a choice. They either can, you know, dive into these norms and now with social, te- like, social media and technology... It's way worse because say there's a new norm like this, boom, everyone knows it, everyone, it already gets registered in their brain that they need to become that. Like, for example, Hollywood used to just be in Hollywood, but now Hollywood is kind of everywhere. Social media has created this mass spread of information, and so now you have kids all over the place trying to be this thing. So they can have validation from their peers. So they can have, you know, people liking them. Because that's the most important thing right now that these kids are learning, unfortunately. And when you're so young, your brain doesn't think... Like, you're not capable of thinking deeper into these things. Why Why are we saying this? Why do I feel like this, you know? And if kids are not taught how to question the system, then they will become part of the system and that's so sad because now instead of playing outside like they used to I sound like a old woman saying all of this but it's genuinely how I feel instead of playing outside they are playing on their phones they're playing games they're kind of turning into little baby robot kids and it's sad because they're addicted to it just like we are And we're grown-ass adults. Like, I see my mom addicted to Facebook. And she's... 
should know better, <laughs> you know, but like she doesn't. And so back to the vulnerability um, discussion, kids are taught not to be vulnerable more now than ever, right? Um, it's always been an issue where if a kid is vulnerable for some reason, like an adult might use that against them. Their parent might use that against them. Other kids might use that against them. And they're taught that when you express your emotions, you know, you're weak. And and that's especially with the misogynistic side of things. Like, misogyny kind of affects both sexes. And it affects men and women probably and any other um, gender um, in a way where it doesn't allow people to be vulnerable because then they're too emotional and they can't be taken seriously. Like, on the male side of things like if you're too emotional then you're not a man enough and and then you get cast into this category of being shamed right and if you're a woman then you know you're automatically already have this societal standard forced upon you whether you like it or not where if you're too emotional then you can't be believed because you know and and that unfortunately was a real argument I can't remember what time period, but I learned this in, in history class. Um, I think 80s. It was the first women's suffrage movement when that was an argument. Um, if women are just too emotional, you know, to think logically, which now I'm pretty there's I'm pretty sure there's studies that are saying the opposite. But um, anyways, so vulnerability is not. Especially now where everything is synthetic and fake and and people have these fake personas on the internet of who they want, how they want to be perceived. I was having a conversation with my mom the other day and I just, I came to the conclusion that it's a common issue that people face where they want to alter the perceptions that others have upon them. When you think about it, like, I've been victim to this, of course. I, I feel like everyone has. Um, where you, you know, you might delete a post because you're like, oh, I don't look as good in it. Or you, you know, you, um, you Photoshop it or you add more color to it or you, whatever, you know, you retake the picture how many times because you don't think you look good. Like, I mean, I, I've been really lucky to change my mindset on that a little bit ago, but I, I'm sure I still do certain things like that. Um, but it's, it's fake. You're, you're creating this fake persona that doesn't even exist. And so that's like, in a way, I would guess that people do that because they want to have a little bit of control in a world that you know you don't really have much control anymore and because everything's so negative and I mean don't get me wrong like I took a global warming class in college like I understood the actual effect it has and how it works and the difference between things but it's definitely I think almost used against us in a way like it's absolutely necessary 
but it's good to be informed on the real ways in which we can help, you know? And I feel like right now there's just so much misinformation. It can be kind of overwhelming to live in a doomsday society because that's what we've become. We've become a fake plastic doomsday society where everything is the end of the world. And so it makes sense why we're going to put up this fake persona of how we want to be perceived to protect ourselves. Because if we can't protect ourselves in any single way, you know, being vulnerable right now isn't exactly the first, like, priority, at least for most people. Or they don't even realize how far they are from being vulnerable. Because it's so ingrained in society that that's the new norm, you know? And so I think I have spent a lot of time the past year or two trying to understand my thoughts and my negative ideas on myself and my limiting beliefs and maybe why other people are saying certain things and why that makes me so upset or I mean, again, that's just guesses, but it's better to look deeper into things than just, oh, they said that and, like, whatever, I'm pissed, you know, I'm going to fight them. Versus, like, why why would they say that? And maybe they're struggling with a similar lack of vulnerability. Maybe it's their coping mechanism. And maybe they don't actually want to hurt me. Maybe that's just their way of, you know, protecting themselves and vice versa. Like, why did I say that? And I think when you really dive deep, you can just get more and then you say why and then you get more and more and more and why, why, why. And for me, it's been super helpful because I've been able to square things away and and figure out what's really how I really feel. And why I'm really doing a certain thing. And I can almost heal those parts of myself that are wounded. So now when someone says something that is intended to hurt me in whatever way, it doesn't. Because I already have my, my, I already know who I am. I already have that structure set up. So no one can really knock it over because it's there. I don't need anyone else's approval to help me um or I don't need anyone else's approval to go on living I kind of only need my own and everyone says the way in which you can truly be vulnerable is by being comfortable in who you are and There's a lot of truth to that, I think, because a lot of people are too scared to be who they actually are, because if that person, that authentic self gets hurt, then at least, like, then that's them, that's their core, that's who they are, but if they have a fake persona, perhaps, maybe they're just like, okay, you just offended my alter ego, so it's fine, you know, like, at least that's not me. But the thing is, if you have a strong enough core 
I guess, and, and you have a strong enough sense of who you are, and you're proud of who you are because you live with integrity or you live in with whatever principles that you're proud of, right? Then nobody can hurt you because those things that are said about you are just going to bounce off of your already well-known sense of self. So it's almost like society's rooting for the opposite because, you know, fear sells, um, wanting to change yourself sells. Literally, it's a business transaction, right? And you're exchanging your time and your attention for these fake ideas that, I mean, the people pushing them, like fashion, it's all about money. And I'm, it's definitely, it could be a beautiful, fun, exciting hobby too. Like I totally get it, but it's rooted in money and it's important to remember that, you know, and trends change so fast with the excessive use of information. So it's almost like it's, I don't know that I'm going on a little rant now to the side, but the main point I'm trying to make is that authenticity is correlated with one's sense of self. Without that, you can't truly be authentic and, and vulnerable. Um, and also the other side of vulnerability is it's scary. Being vulnerable can be associated with fear. You're afraid of how it will be perceived. You're afraid of how people will view you. But wouldn't you rather just be yourself and find those connections that are meant for you than be this fake person and have and have everyone like you? Because it's a blessing that not every job accepts you, that not every person accepts you. You know, because those people that don't accept you might not be meant for you in the most positive way. Maybe they could have hurt you in some way or just not really, like, benefited you whatsoever. I think it's important to remember that when you're denied or you're rejected or your ideas are rejected, it just means that that person isn't necessarily maybe meant for you and that's a really comforting feeling for me I think in the past I used to get really scared when I would get rejected by a friend or I would be afraid to set boundaries with a friend or you know for whatever reason like end a relationship because I was afraid of hurting them but in a way it Maybe it was the most positive thing for both of us if they rejected me or I rejected them because that's the natural flow of life. Like you're supposed to go with it. You're not supposed to push against it. So being vulnerable is powerful because once you're able to embrace vulnerability, you're on top of the world because nothing can hurt you. No failure of a job or of any single relationship, any situation can hurt you because you know who you are. You know your worth. And 
oftentimes people aren't able to be vulnerable because they've been hurt in the past for being vulnerable. But the strongest ones are the ones that are resilient and can keep being themselves and not let anyone else define who they are. And when you're vulnerable, you are taking the power away from those who have hurt you. And you are, I guess, absorbing it. (laughs) It sounds like insane, like this crazy mystical thing, but it's true. Like, you're taking your power back. And I think it's so important to recognize that. And things aren't that complicated. If you're vulnerable, you know, because like for me, I have super bad anxiety. So I can think of the worst outcome of every single possible thing that I could say and every single possible thing that the other person could say, right? But I I choose not to let that define me because things are simpler than that. It really comes down to either you get rejected Or you don't get rejected. If you get rejected, that person isn't meant for you. If you don't get rejected, then maybe you're supposed to be in that conversation or that relationship or that job. That's it. It's not that it's not that complicated. Life is actually pretty simple. We just like to overcomplicate things because we always want to solve a problem. There's always another problem to solve. We're problem solving creatures. And it's crazy. Um... But yeah, that's my take on being vulnerable. Hopefully it was interesting. So I accidentally made a mistake and I recorded two separate podcast episodes, one a while ago and then one today and what I accidentally did was I recorded it in like the same section and you can't do you can't like move the segments around to post each individually so I have to just post them together but it's okay I guess in a way they're kind of related they're both really interesting um so it's gonna be a pretty hefty podcast but it's okay it's fine it's it's great (laughs) okay Here's the next one. Good evening. Um, Today in this episode, I want to discuss the correlation between caring what other people think and prioritizing things that are important to you. So, I'm just going to start with um, discussing a recent experience I had. That was socially uncomfortable for me. Um, I've kind of reached a point in my life where I don't... I used to force myself to put... I used to force myself into these social situations where I felt extremely uncomfortable. I've always felt uncomfortable. I've always had, like, super bad social anxiety. Um, But it's only around people I don't vibe with. And I don't vibe with a lot of people. I'm going to be honest. And if I don't vibe with someone, it doesn't necessarily mean that they are bad in any single way. Like, I don't view them as bad. I just, I mean, I just don't click with them. And so, I've the more I grow as a person and the more I learn about myself and the more I read or just whatever, have life experiences, the more... 
I come to the conclusion that there's a very select few that I can actually, I guess, vibe with, however you might call it, connect with. And for the most, for the, for the most, I don't know why my words are just like paused in my head. Like I just lost my train of thought. (laughs) Oh, for the most part. That's what I was trying to say. That's ridiculous. I don't know where that word blah came from. Um, I usually, I really did lose my train of thought again for the second time. I'm taking this like lion's mane stuff and it's supposed to be helping, but I honestly think it's making my hair fall out, which is like kind of concerning. But I did research on the scientific studies behind lion's mane. And if you really want to improve your memory, then I would start taking it because there is a positive effect from it, but clearly not in this case. Anyways, um, okay. Oh, so for the most part, I don't, I can't connect with people anymore over basic conversation. Um, that's shallow, like, what is it, small talk? I, I realize I've come to a point where I'm incapable of having small talk. It just, like, literally, I would rather stare at the wall for the rest of the day and not say a single word than participate in small talk, especially if I feel uncomfortable by someone else's energy and the way that they're presenting themselves then it's 10 times more difficult for me to pretend that I want to engage. And so I really run into that issue, I think, recently where I'm in all these social situations and I would just rather not speak than have meaningless conversations. And it's not easy when you realize that. It's kind of painful because you realize you have to keep shrinking your circle, I guess, until you find the people that you do very much connect with which I have those people so it's not like a huge concern I definitely have a support group um and so that generally makes me feel more comfortable when I don't want to engage in small talk small talk but moving past that the thing I realized from this recent social occurrence, it was it was very much that, where I was in a situation where I didn't feel like I was connecting with anyone, and it felt very familiar, and I kind of was confused as to why it made me so uncomfortable, so I took some time to look within, and I realized that I could take a different approach to the caring what other people think um, issue. Because I think that's what it was. I think I was self-conscious because I wasn't really talking. I was incapable of having these very shallow conversations. And so I was being super hard on myself because I feel like I've grown a certain amount. And so I can't resonate with people that are whatever on a different level. And that's not necessarily a negative thing. It's, It's okay. But... It kind of sucks when you realize that and it's okay. It's totally a healthy, normal thing to happen, but it can be really frustrating because it's a very isolating feeling and um, 
I realized that if my priorities are really the issue when it comes to feeling insecure. Now, I'm sure other insecurities can occur outside of something that's based in not having my priorities straight, but the new way I want to view learning to stop caring what other people kind of think is because there's a bunch of different approaches you could take. You could take, like, the philosophical approach. I know this podcast is going to be all over the place today. It's not really going to be organized, but hopefully you get something out of it. That's kind of the goal. Um, Because it's hard for me to organize all my thoughts into one little bubble right now. Um, But, so, you could take the philosophical approach where you're like, okay, the world is so big. I'm one of so many people. I, my life doesn't really matter that much and what I do is insignificant in comparison to the rest. And that approach can work sometimes, but not always for some reason. And then you can take the second approach where it's, there's people that love me and support me and appreciate me for who I am. I should appreciate me for who I am and not allow other people's perception to affect how I view myself. And then the third one is perception. You can break that down and it can get really confusing because perception is a really odd thing to exist. It it doesn't make sense because the more you break it down, the more confusing it gets because everyone has a different perception of everything, of science, of religion, of philosophy, of every single subject under the sun. And nothing is totally factually based because we are only so advanced. And the more I educated myself in college, the more I realized science is kind of just our best interpretation. Because, like, I'm essentially, my career is to become a scientist. So I have to learn all these things about studies and how to properly conduct them and what science really is. And so that's the third where, like, perception can be really confusing. So why are you going to let someone else's perception influence your own? Because perception is subjective. And then the... I don't know if I said that was the third or the fourth. The next one <laughs> is that you just don't have your priorities straight. It can be minimized down to what is important to me. And is living for other people important for me? Um, and, I mean, obviously the person who's having anxiety about being judged isn't going to be, like, intentionally prioritizing their anxiety. But the thing is, with things of that manner, you have to be intentional about what you prioritize even if it's subconscious. So the things that you're consciously prioritizing can be pretty obvious to you. Like, oh, I have homework today or I want to work really hard in my job and catch up in my save more money. Um, I want to prioritize my mental health, whatever. But the things that you're subconsciously prioritizing can be a lot harder to catch. 
And that's kind of what therapy is for in a way. It teaches you what the patterns that you've been taught and it makes you dive into your priorities in a way. Like, what do you... So, the thing I realized from this social occurrence was that my priorities are more around maintaining a positive social um, circle, I guess. Um, Maintaining... And the thing is, I keep thinking that I'm moving past that, but then I look back and I'm, I'm more concerned about how my friends view me from their perception than how I view myself. And so I'm kind of prioritizing time with myself, thinking about I'm prioritizing the thoughts about how bad something was because I was being perceived in a certain way. Or that, like, my specific thought pattern was, like, they don't know me and no matter what I do, I can't change how they perceive me. And, like, I could say all these things and they're still going to perceive me in a certain way and it might not be necessarily positive. You want positive people in your life that are close to you. I'm not necessi- I'm not saying the people in my life aren't positive. I'm just trying to break down my toxic thoughts. Because m- most likely, nine out of ten times, they're not going to be true. Um, but the biggest thing that I'm trying to discuss on this podcast is that it's important to realize where your, where your priorities lie. Um, and I'm not just talking about the basic categories like studying, work, mental health. All of those are important. All those should be evenly distributed, right? Your time should, however you want, whatever works for you and your schedule. But I'm kind of discussing how, in a way, you are prioritizing certain thoughts over other thoughts. And if those thoughts that you're prioritizing are relatively negative, then that's not going to have a positive effect on your overall well-being. So, in a way, you are prioritizing negative thoughts. And that is essentially you bumping down your mental health a few notches. That means other things are above your mental health. That's what that means. And so learning, at least catching which thoughts are not necessarily the most positive can be super helpful. And another thing I realized is I kind of prioritize perfection too without necessarily wanting to and it's not fair to myself that I have such high expectations for the workload that I'm going to get done in the day or for where my life should be and that's prioritizing perfection is also bumping your health down a few notches because you're going to constantly live at the standard that you can't ever reach because perfection doesn't exist. 
And so I guess catching whatever thoughts that aren't healthy and and learning kind of where your subconscious priorities lie could potentially help you in the long run. But I also want to clarify that there's an opposite end to that too. Like, I personally feel like I'm too health conscious or too mentally health conscious. I don't know how to phrase that, but too aware of my negative thoughts and I get angry with myself when I can't immediately rewire my brain. It's a very slow working process and me getting upset with myself about doing positive change in a slower speed is kind of exactly like it's almost a paradox it's like what I'm trying to avoid so I think what I'm trying to say is just pay attention to your thoughts if journaling helps then do it but there's many different approaches to trying to conquer the feeling of caring what other people think um social validation and it's just a human struggle that we all face because unfortunately society is built around social validation especially right now but it always has been since the beginning of time the more successful people have the most wealth usually so It's unfortunate that it's been ingrained into our brains. You know, if we're going to eat, we have to please the people around us. But there's ways around it if you just break out of that mentality and are able to really understand what's going on. But it's not easy and it's really good to be patient with yourself when you're going through that rewiring process and accept when you are in different social situations, maybe you don't feel as comfortable as you used to with certain people or you feel like you grew out of a certain friendship or relationship with a family member. It's okay because that's all the growing process and that means that you are growing and like that's a positive thing but it's painful so it's hard to give yourself the credit when you're upset and mourning the loss of a relationship but as a whole it's a really positive thing to just pay attention to everything and take things slow um that's about it for today all right <laughs> I always feel like I end this podcast like I never know how to end it so I just pretend like I'm hanging up the phone so that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna be like okay bye <laughs>